0: What is going on guys? Welcome to the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast with your host Matthew Bruning. You can hit me up at SportsFanaticNB on Twitter. Alright, what is going on guys? It is Thursday, September 27th. I'm back at it again. Again, I apologize about yesterday. I had some stuff going on. I uh, wasn't able to get up here and do the podcast, and I do apologize about that. But we're going to jump right into Thursday's stuff. Uh, if you want to check out my rankings, since I didn't get a chance to talk about them on the podcast, you can always look them up on the FLA blog on Medium. A lot of great content on there, not just for me, but all of our riders over at the FLA blog. If you have the FLA app. You can always jump on there. We're always doing start, sit, advice, columns, everything on there. I'm telling you, we have a great team out there working with this group. So, you know, please check them out on Medium. They do a great job. I'm telling you right now, if you're paying attention to the stuff they're putting out there, you're going to win your league. I can almost guarantee it because the advice that all these guys are throwing out there is phenomenal. Just to give you guys an update on that, uh, we are actually in the process of making a Facebook page as well. For everybody who's on Facebook uh, to check that out, where we're actually going to try and bring all the writers who have Facebooks on there as well to kind of help give advice and do different stuff and just kind of help promote the guys even more because they're doing such a great job there as well. So for today's podcast, uh, I'm going to go over any of the breaking news. Still not really a lot out there uh, that I missed on on Wednesday and uh, that's gone on today. I will then jump into some college stuff, uh, and I'll kind of get more in detail about that at that point in the podcast. Uh, Then I'm going to go ahead and jump into some of the emails and questions I've gotten over the past couple days in the podcast. yahoo mail for the the show again that is fantasy roundtable at yahoo.com all lowercase and then lastly we'll hit you guys up with the thursday night preview before we close out thursday's podcast so let's go ahead let's jump right into it get into that breaking news all right so as i mentioned earlier not really a lot going on here uh, mostly injury stuff, so the Rams have put cornerback uh, Kib Tlaib on IR. He had ankle surgery, uh, likely won't be back for about eight weeks, uh, though for fantasy, I don't think that matters much. I still think the Rams' defense is solid. Uh, they do have Sam Shields back there now, although um, uh, Mr., oh my goodness, I forgot his name, Marcus Peters. That took me a minute to think of. Geez, uh, Marcus Peters is injured as well with an ankle injury. Though he is actually expected to play tonight at the moment. Uh, if that changes by the time my Thursday night preview comes out, we'll talk about that. But I still think this Rams defense is solid, even without keep to leap. I think their main goal really is to get him back for the playoffs. as they've kind of all they've gone all in for a Super Bowl or bust this year. So right now, really doesn't matter for them as much as the playoffs and the Super Bowl. Uh, The Patriots have put Rex Burkhead on IR as well. I think that's a huge deal for any Sony Michelle uh, owners. I think he is clearly the guy now, especially running the ball. James White, still going to get all the passing work, be a good PPR back. But Sony Michel should, should see a pretty good uptick in work here, and could, in all honesty, be a league winner if he can kind of produce on any anything as like a wide receiver to or wide receiver two, a running back to level, especially in that offense because he can catch balls. We saw that in Georgia, how well he did there. Now, you know, if he starts to eat into some of James White's work there as well, uh, you know, Sony Michel could be huge for fantasy going forward. Rashard Matthews, uh, in a very weird story, has uh, requested his release from the Titans, and it looks like they're going to grant it to him. Uh, Rashard Matthews has been sneaky good in fantasy the past couple years, so it'll be interesting to see if he ends up somewhere else. Uh, From everything I've seen, it's just that he's not getting along with Mike Vrabel. Uh, the new Titans head coach. And for some reason, they're just, I guess, some kind of uh, irrecon- irreconcilable differences here. I don't uh, i don't know exactly what's going on. I don't think there's really been anything put out there. You know, uh, there's been hints that it's because he's not starting anymore uh, and he's been the leading receiver for the past two years in the Titans and they're using his injury as a scapegoat. I don't know if that's really true, but that is kind of what he is saying and hinting at. So the chances are he will no longer be in Tennessee anymore. Now, will he end up on another team? And what that means for fantasy, we really won't know until he lands on another team. Uh, so something to watch here. But as of right now, I wouldn't be too worried about Matthews unless you have him on your team. Um, you know, Tyrod Taylor is still in the concussion protocol, likely won't be backing up Baker Mayfield this week in Oakland. I don't really think that's much for anything Cleveland wise, unless uh, Baker Mayfield gets hurt. Then obviously you'll want someone like Tyrod to go in there because I don't trust Drew Stanton. Uh, Other than that, though, really nothing else here. Uh, You know, Zeke uh, is taking the blame for the loss last week and wants the uh, offense to be, uh, you know, kind of more explosive and everything. We'll see. I don't trust Scott Lanahan and uh, Jason Garrett calling that offense. I could be wrong on that. Hope I'm wrong. Obviously, I would like to see uh, the Cowboys do good just because I have so many friends who are Cowboys fans. All right. So, with that really being all of the news, uh, so for the college football thing, uh, I've talked to a few people who have been listening. uh, You know, some people who, who like the college football breakdown, some who... Uh, Like it more for the dynasty side of things than giving the prospects. So what I've decided to do uh, to kind of merge the two a little bit better uh, and not make it quite as long for those of you who really don't care that much about all the games uh, college football wise. I am just going to give the ranked-ranked games. Those are more than likely going to be the ones that matter the most when it comes to the playoffs and having some of the key uh, players that we're looking for dynasty-wise. And on top of that, it'll be probably, the chances are, those are going to be the better games of the weekend. I will also, uh, not probably, what I'm going to do is give you guys my top certain number uh, at positions Going in for Dynasty Drafts, even though we're pretty far away for Dynasty Drafts, but talking about the Dynasty Prospects is the way I want—I should put it. Uh, the Dynasty Prospects going forward uh, and the top guys I have uh, for this, you know, necessarily I guess week is the way we'll put it because it's going to change every week. And my goodness, I'm sorry, this has just been completely bungled here. <laughs> so, for instance, quarterback, uh, this year is not that Deep of a quarterback class, in my opinion. So, for instance, I'll probably just give my top five every week. Running back wide receiver, I'll give my top ten. Even though I think wide receiver is deeper than running back this year, I'll still give my top ten at both of those. And then tight end, I'll probably just do top five as well because I don't think it's that deep. Maybe in a class like last year's where there was easily five or six guys that were fairly decent or at least many people projected including myself to be fairly decent I would go top 10 uh but for this year's class I'm just gonna go top five guys all right so for the games we actually have quite a few ranked ranked games this week uh we'll start with uh one of the later games uh, number 19 Oregon at number 24 Cal so Oregon lost a heartbreaker to Stanford this past weekend uh i remember Remember that I did say I was going to break that down. I never got a chance to. So, in my opinion, Oregon threw that game away. Uh, They had a chance to score right on the one-yard line. I believe his foot touched out of bounds right before hitting the pylon. Ended up getting a snap over Justin Herbert's head. And Stanford just charged back from there. Ended up putting up, I believe it was 17 unanswered points. To tie the game, set it into overtime, and they won. Which is a huge blow to Oregon because I think they easily had a chance to win the Pac-12 Uh, I'm sorry, the Pac-10, and keep going. It is the Pac-12. I'm just stupid. Okay, so the Pac-12. But obviously now with that loss, I I still think they have a chance to win it, but I think that hurts their playoff chances, especially with the game that's going on later this weekend uh, if Stanford were to lose. So on Oregon's side of things here, we're obviously watching their quarterback, Justin Herbert, uh, Just to give you guys a little bit of tease, he will be in my top five list at quarterback coming out this year. Other than him, though, not a lot going on here for Oregon, dynasty-wise. You know, I think this is going to be a closer game than people expect. Uh, Cal is actually favored a little bit in this game, which uh, worries me a little bit. I I don't think Cal is going to be able to pull it off. I think Oregon is going to pull it off here, especially with Justin Herbert at quarterback. Next up... Uh, number 11, Washington at number 20, BYU. Uh, for BYU's side of things, uh, ranked number 20, I'm not seeing much for them, honestly. Uh, but for Washington's side of things here, ranked number 11, and they are projected to win heavily in this game. Jake Browning at quarterback, obviously, is a huge watch. He's been touted for years now. Uh, I don't think he's the top quarterback in this class. Obviously, I will talk about those here in a minute. Uh, but I do think he's definitely someone to watch because I do think he's very physically gifted and a very talented quarterback. Uh, Miles Gaskin, uh, the running back for Washington, is someone I'm watching. Uh, he is a senior slider guy, uh, but I think he I, I like him. I think he's got a lot of talent. Uh, interested to see what he can do in the uh, in the NFL. If he decides to come out, he is almost, in my opinion, to use someone very recent. I was very high on a Philip Lindsay type. Uh, type of player so he's definitely someone we'll talk about and someone I'm watching in this game to see what he can do and then really that's it I mean Washington has a really good um, wide receiver and he is a uh, junior so definitely someone interesting to watch as uh, most players in college these days are coming out as juniors so definitely someone to watch out for in that game as well the next game up we've got Number 12, West Virginia at number 25, Texas Tech. Uh, Tech is expected uh, to win this game or is being predicted to win this game. Uh, the guy I'm watching here is Will Greer from West Virginia. He has really shot up my board at quarterback. Uh, dude just looks legit. Really interested in seeing what he can do. Six-two, two twenty-three, Having a really good career, uh, not even career, a really good year so far. With West Virginia Uh, this should be an interesting game I do think West Virginia will uh, pull off the win here but definitely one of the uh, one of the guys I'm watching this weekend in that game and then the last two games of the weekend that I think are going to be the best games of the weekend number seven Stanford at number eight Notre Dame so this game is not only huge for a lot of players in this game, but for the playoff implications, in my opinion, if Notre Dame wins here and is able to obviously win out, they would have to win out. They're likely going to make it in, and same with Stanford. Uh, now, KJ Costello, Stanford's quarterback, has looked good over the past few weeks. Um, I'm not, you know, sold on if he's coming out yet. He is a junior, so he could, um, but I don't think he'll come out this year. Obviously Bryce Love, the running back who sat behind Christian McCaffrey, who everybody was hoping would have come out last year. Uh decided to stay in school. Chances are he's coming out this year. I mean he is uh he is a senior so I cannot imagine that he just doesn't want to go play in the NFL. Uh not quite having a great year here though. Uh, mainly due to injury, uh, but still definitely someone worth watching. And again, I don't, I'm not sure he's quite as good as uh, as Christian McCaffrey. And then their wide receiver, leading wide receiver, JJ Arcega Whiteside, I think is how you say his name. Uh, he's a big, big guy, six three, two twenty five. He is a senior, uh, definitely doing things for Stanford. So another guy I'm interested in watching uh, for Notre Dame side here. Uh, Miles Boykin, the wide receiver, I'm interested in watching. And then, uh, I mean, Wimbush, he's not coming out anyways. And I I thought the rookie that they played over him last week. I'm sorry. Uh, Wimbush is a senior, but uh, I'm not really sold on him being that good of a quarterback or really any. I I don't even know if he would even come out. I would imagine he probably would, but I'm not sold on him. And uh, they're they're running back. Uh, He is a junior, so he could technically come out. Was behind Josh Adams last year. Tony Jones Jr. is having a a fairly decent year. Uh, I do think Notre Dame ends up winning this game, but definitely someone I'm watching. And then, of course, at least for me, the biggest game of the weekend. The number four, Ohio State Buckeyes at the number nine, Penn State Nittany Lions, baby. So for the Buckeyes, obviously I'm watching my boy Mike Weber here. Harris Campbell Hoping to lead this Buckeyes Offense uh, You know I'm really worried about this game. I think Penn State could could very easily beat the Buckeyes. Uh, they are in Penn State's home field with the wide out going on, so it's it's going to be a tough game. Penn State obviously got uh, Trace McSorley as well, the the great quarterback that he is. Miles Sanders, their running back who sat behind Saquon a Jr. He could possibly come out uh, come out as well. He'll he'll be an interesting choice. Uh, other than those two nothing, nothing really much else on Penn State side and you know, I'm just I'm hoping the Buckeyes can pull this off, hoping for a Buckeye victory. So for the uh or for my rankings here, my top guys at quarterback number one, it, it's Justin Herbert out of out of Oregon. He has just been he's been legit so far this season. Uh, you know, even the game against Stanford, he was twenty six of thirty three, with three hundred and forty six yards and a touchdown. You know he's been awesome, 6'6", 225. He's projected to be a first round pick. Um, you know I, I just I don't know what else you can say about this kid. I think he's shown it all already. Obviously the the game against Stanford hurt his chances of being the number one guy overall a little bit, but I still think he's he's just incredible. He's my number one quarterback. Number two is Jarrett Stedman at a cor- uh, at Auburn. I'm sorry, six two two ten had a pretty good game uh, against LSU uh 718 yards passing so far this year with three touchdowns you know i i like him a little bit uh not quite as much as herbert uh i don't think he's uh as physically gifted as him uh, but he can throw the ball he's very mobile uh, ex- excellent uh flexible scheme design great football iq so definitely a guy i'm keen on uh, next up would be Drew Locke out of Missouri, six three two twenty six. And uh Locke is definitely the uh, the gunslinger one out of this group. Um he needs to improve his accuracy a little bit and uh work his way through his progressions, but he he's very big, good size, good hands, uh can fit the ball into any window, so he is definitely someone I am high on. Number four is Clayton Thorson out of Northwestern Northwestern. Six uh, four two twenty seven. Uh, You know, for me, he he looks good, though he doesn't look like he can... or has the arm power to go deep. Uh, you know, I, I'm not 100% sold on this guy, but I don't really think there's much else after those top three, if I'm being honest. And then my number five, Ryan Finley out of North Carolina State, where we've seen multiple guys coming out of lately. And... Um, See here, so he is six three two oh eight um there's a lot about him I think could translate into the n f l especially his accuracy uh has good ball placement, places it away from defenders, has a very nice throw down the field, so he's got all the the mechanics down and everything he's just kind of missing some of the immeasurables uh but I think that could catch up some of the guys I could see him jumping up uh you know easily into my top three. Even as much as early as next week, especially if they have a good game this week against Notre Dame. All right, so uh, right now, my top running back is still going to be Bryce Love. Um, I know he struggled so far this year. Uh, in all honesty, it would be Rodney Anderson, but with his injury as well, uh, he's out of it. But, you know, I, I think with the injury is kind of what's slowing Love down here. I don't think he's quite as talented as McCaffrey, but he's still a good back little undersized, 5'10", 196, but uh, he's definitely my number one. My number two right now is still Rodney Anderson. Even though he's out all year, likely won't be fully healthy going into the combine and the NFL process. This dude is just legit. Played behind Joe Mixon, Somaji P. Ron at Oklahoma. I think he's going to be the best back in this class, so he's my number two. Number three, Damian Harris from Alabama. Uh, having a... Decent year so far. He is uh, projected to be the third of this class, I believe, at the moment. Number four, another guy, surprisingly, who didn't come out last year, L.J. Scott out of Michigan State. Um, Not having an overall great year so far, but he was highly tatted last year. I imagine he'll get back to that. Um, My next guy to watch out for uh, and my number five on my list is Benny Snell Jr. uh, from Kentucky. 5'11", 220, Uh, you know, had 125 carries last week against Central Michigan, two touchdowns, looking decent right now. Moved up my list a little bit. Number six, Mike Weber out of Ohio State. Uh, Again, uh, you know, a little undersized, 5'10", 214, not expected, I don't think, to be a bell cow in the NFL, but could be a very good change of pace back and receiving back. Number seven, I've got Trayvon Williams out of Texas A&M. Great game last week against Northwestern State. 240 and three touchdowns on the ground. Number eight, Devin Singletary uh, from Florida Atlantic. Uh, Number nine, I've got my guy Miles Gaskins. And then number ten, I've kind of got a tie here, so I'm going to mention both of them. Uh, It's Wes Hills from Slippery Rock and Justice Hill from Oklahoma State. Those are my kind of top ten guys here. At running back, so for wide receiver, we're going to start it off with AJ Brown at Ole Miss. Uh, decent guy, decent size here. Uh, good, good possession receiver guy. Did have ninety-three yards and a touchdown last week against Texas Tech. Number two, Debo Samuel out of South Carolina. Another good wide receiver here. Uh, Just to throw this out here too, I don't see any of these guys being like elite number one guys right off the bat. I I could see a couple of these guys progressing into that. Uh, Number three for me, Amon Richards from Miami. 6'1", 190. Uh, Decent sized guys. Played fairly well so far this year. Number four, Marquise Brown out of Oklahoma. Uh, number five for me is Paris Campbell out of Ohio State. You know, I've talked about him a bunch. Six foot 205. I think he's a very uh, underrated wide receiver. Uh, six for me, Riley Ridley out of Georgia. Six two two hundred 200 pounds. He is Calvin Ridley's brother. Uh, very high on him. Number seven, Emmanuel Hall from Missouri. Six one one ninety six. 196. Having a decent season so far this year. Fairly good measurables. He's a big play threat. Um, Interested to see what else he's able to do. Number seven. Uh, oh, my god, I lost my list. There we go. N. Kilharry from Arizona State. Obviously getting very good coaching with Coach Herm Edwards there. Doing a good job so far. My eight and nine guys, both from Texas. Uh, no joke, little Jordan Humphrey, 6'4", 225, and Colin Johnson. Both have looked fairly good for them right now. Uh, and someone, uh, two guys that I'm watching fairly closely to see what they do. And then last but not least, I've got right there on the edge, David Stills and Tyree Cleveland. Uh, David Stills in West Virginia with that Will Greer connection. And uh, Tyree Cleveland out of Florida. And I just realized in talking about my quarterbacks I don't even think I had Will Greer in there, did I? Let me, let me look at my notes here real quick. And I didn't. I, I apologize. I was looking at my notes from last week, and I never even got to talk about my college stuff the way I wanted to. Uh, so for me, Greer, I would probably have at two or three, right there with Jarrett Stidman um, and uh, Drew Drew Locke out of Missouri. Uh, I, uh, I'm trying to decide where I'd rather have him. I had him at four last week. I'd probably throw him at three right now. Uh, I still like what Stidman's done at Auburn, uh, so I'd still keep Greer behind him, though. If he has another big week again this week, he will likely jump him. Uh, I just don't see anybody being able to jump Herbert as the number one quarterback of this class. Uh, And then tight ends here. Uh, Again, not many guys. Probably just going top five. Albert, and I couldn't even tell you how to say this dude's name. Uh, Oak. Okawoogie the Yeah, I am I'm not even gonna try, guys. I mean I just did, but it's it's bad. Uh but he is from Missouri. Big dude, uh decent hands, uh very big wingspan, like this guy. is a big red zone threat. Um next up, Noah Fant out of Iowa. Another just big guy, good blocker, which I think is big for for tight ends coming out of college. Uh, number three, I've got Caleb Wilson out of UCLA. Uh, number four, CJ Conrad out of Kentucky, and then last but not least, Logan Parker out of Southern Utah. Uh, so, and and right there on the tip, uh, I just want to mention because he'll be in a in a primetime game this weekend. Elise Mack out of Notre Dame. So that'll be it this week for my rankings, guys, for Dynasty it's people to watch for. In the college games this weekend, obviously that list will change throughout the year, except for Justin Herbert. I cannot imagine that he's ever going to come off my QB one this season. So, with that being said, let's go ahead and jump right into the Thursday night breakdown between the Minnesota Vikings at the Los Angeles Rams. So, on the Vikings side of things here, obviously... They had a horrible game last week. Nobody expected them to get beat by Buffalo, and not just beat, but manhandled by Buffalo. For me, on Minnesota side, I think uh, you know, I think they're going to be okay here. I think once you get blown out like that, you kind of regress to the means a little bit more. You're going to show up. You're going to play better. You know, I, I do expect them to bounce back somewhat this week. They have obviously two elite wide receivers with Stevon Diggs and Adam Thielen going up against a, a fairly weak secondary for the Rams with Sam Shields, Nickel Roby Coleman, and Troy Hill, especially with obviously a keep talib. And I I'm again it hasn't been announced yet, but I'm pretty sure that Marcus Peters is going to be out with his calf injury. So with those two guys being down, I think this actually helps out Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen and Kirk Cousins. Obviously, he's trying to get the ball to them. Dalvin Cook is expected to play. Uh, so, while the Rams' secondary is banged up, their defensive front is legit. And Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue and Michael Brockers. And that's bad news, though, for Kirk Cousins because his offensive line is flat-out horrible. They, for whatever reason, have not been gelling like they did last year. They've had the injuries up front. Uh, you know, it's man, it's it's hard to. I just I can't see the Vikings being as bad as they were last week. I, I'm not expecting them to have a huge game here. I could very easily see this being like a 21-20, 21-17 game. Uh, but I do expect Kirk Cousins to come through for you in fantasy. I actually had him ranked as my number 7 quarterback this week. Uh, just because, again, I, I even if it weren't for the fumbles last week, Kirk Cousins would have had himself a good week. Uh, And I expect him to have a good week this week. He'll probably, I would guess, turn it over the ball at least once this week, though, against this Rams defense, or tonight. Uh, He's likely going to have probably an interception, but I've got him at 7. I expect him to to show out this this week. I I keep saying this week. Tonight. Just because... The Rams are going to put up points, and Kirk's going to have to throw the ball to stay in it. I just can't see them just continually handing the ball off to Dalvin Cook if they get down 7 or 14 points early. So they're going to they're going to lean on Cousins. They're going to lean on these wide receivers. I do expect Cook to get some work in the passing game. Um, for me, again, I'm still leading Thielen over Diggs just because Thielen's going to get the targets, so, though, uh, I, I do think Diggs has a better chance of scoring, obviously. I have Thielen at 12 this week, Diggs at 16, so not too far apart, but definitely taking Thielen over Diggs. Both expect them to obviously have good games, especially with having them ranked that high. I would imagine they're going to be good, and then I've got Dalvin Cook at 10. So again, I'm expecting a huge game here for the Vikings. I actually, in the pigskin pick, pick them to outright win this game because I do expect them to come out. Uh, come out and just, just show exactly what we were expecting them to do against Buffalo last, last week, and with this Rams defense being beat up a little bit. And the Minnesota Vikings defense being underrated. They're they're not getting as talked about as much as uh, they were last year. I still think they're a top five group in the NFL as a whole. And I expect them to do some damage against this uh, Rams offense. And for the Rams offense, Jared Goff, I- I'd expect him to still have a good game here. Though I have him at 19 this week just because... I see it's going to hurt them not having Everson Griffin, but I I do think that they're going to be able to get to Goff a little bit here, uh, force him to make some mistakes. Xavier Rhodes, it's just hard to tell with him sometimes. He can shut people down, but then sometimes he can be beat. I do expect him to be on Brandon Cooks, though, which is going to force Goff to go more towards Woods and Cup. And while both those guys are very good and can make plays, I just think the secondary is a hole with uh Sendejo and uh and Harrison Smith are just they're is this a legit back back uh I can't even want to say backfield. My god, guys. Uh the back end of this defense. I mean, these guys are good. I really could see them shutting down these wide receivers now again. It's not like Jared Goff can't rely on Todd Gurley because that man is a beast. He is a man among boys. Todd Gurley is going to eat tonight. I don't expect... Expect him to have a huge, huge game. Though I do expect a lot of his work to come in the receiving game. He'll likely get probably five to eight catches for sixty-ish yards. Probably score a touchdown. So I expect him to come through fantasy-wise. I do have him ranked as my number two running back this week. Um, he'll he'll put up his points. He's likely going to get you probably fifteen to twenty. I have no doubts about Gurley doing anything here. So again, if you've got Kirk, you know for me, Kirk, Thielen, Diggs, Cook, Gurley. And Woods are my starters this week. Uh, I I wouldn't. I I could see Cup being a a flex starter, not really a wide receiver too. And and I would fade Brandon Cooks this week just because I think he's gonna get shut down for the most part by Xavier Rhodes. Uh, other than those guys, though, I mean, if you've got IDPs, I'm not I'm not very good at IDP in my opinion, so I don't like to give IDP advice. Uh, but I think if you've got Barron... Or, I'm sorry, Barron's actually doubtful, so I'm not even sure he's going to play. So really, uh, I mean, I would probably just Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr, and that's really it for me Uh, on the IDP side. I mean, Aaron Donald, uh, he's been good NFL defensive-wise, not fantasy IDP player-wise, so I wouldn't really target him. And uh, obviously Hunter for the Vikings hasn't been that great, and obviously Griffin is out. So, yeah, again, Cousins, Goff. I would not start Goff, actually. So, Cousins, Diggs, Thielen, and Cooks for me. Uh, Kyle Rudolph as well. I keep forgetting about that big that big guy right there, the tight end. Uh, if they get down in the red zone, Kirk's going to continue looking for him. And, actually, I think that's where the weakness of this Rams defense lies is in the linebackers. Uh, so, if Rudolph can get some room in the middle of the field, I could see him getting a fair amount of targets tonight if they're not going to Thielen. Uh, so, I would definitely start all those guys on the Vikings. So, that's pretty much all your Vikings guys. Start them. I expect them to have a good game here. And then the Rams, I would fade Goff and fade Cooks. But Woods, uh, I think, will be a still good tonight. Good wide receiver, too. Todd Gurley, obviously, is a must start. And then Cooper Cup in the flex spot. And, again, I am picking the Vikings for the all-out win tonight. So... With that being done, again, I know I kind of messed up earlier in the show saying I would do the Thursday night um, preview last and do emails in between. I forgot about the emails, so I will do those now. Just wanted to touch on a couple of them. So I got a trade offer here from a Mr. Cody... Oh, man, I hate when, uh, so just real quick, when you guys send me emails, if you send me Twitter DMs, give me, if you want your full name or your Twitter handle, if you're sending me an email, uh, if you don't give me your last names, I, I don't know what to to say, so it's, it's Cody underscore BB68 at yahoo.com, Ask me, uh, he's in a dynasty league, he got offered two 2019 firsts for Julio Jones, Um, for me, I would do that if your team is in a rebuild, if, if you're, if you don't think you're going to be able to win it this year, I would do it. Uh, I've been very vocal about the fact that I don't think Julio Jones is going to play much longer. Uh, you know, he struggled to be, to struggle to score touchdowns though. He always is getting you catches and receptions. I still think he's an elite wide receiver. My fear with Julio is he's had a lot of foot injuries and I do think that he's going to retire early. Uh, much like Calvin Johnson did a couple years ago. Uh, and when I say early, I understand that um, Julio, he, he's not necessarily old for the wide receiver position. He is only 29. Wide receivers can play till they're 34, 35 easily. But I would honestly expect Julio to retire around 32 because he's dealing with those those foot issues so much. Um especially if the Atlanta Falcons have to go into a rebuild in the next couple of years, I don't see him want to stick his career out through that. And maybe he goes somewhere else. I could see that as well, especially with the contract talks earlier this year. Uh, but for me, I just, I could really see him retiring early, like Calvin Johnson. So if you're, if you don't think you can compete this year, Cody, yes, I would go ahead and trade him for the two first round picks and uh, try and build something, uh, you know, I, I am somewhat against always trading stud players for picks because you never know what you're going to get. Uh, but in this case, I would, I would be for it. I think I, I would, I would definitely do it. Unless you're competing for a championship, I have to throw that in there. If, dude, if you're in like the top four and you're three and zero or two and one and you've got a great team, you think you can win a championship? Don't do it. Go for the championship. You never know what could happen after that. That would be my advice to you. Next up, I got a email from my guy, Mark Bullum on Twitter. Dude, uh, always shouting me out. I appreciate you. I know you're always listening because you're always sending me stuff. Uh, he got a trade offer for Julio Jones as well, a 2019 first, a 2020. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong thing here. A 2019 first and Calvin Ridley. So, My advice to you, Mark, and we already talked about this, but I'm going to go ahead and talk about it on the podcast uh, since we had a little back and forth, uh, was you said you're in last place. You're 0-3, and so I would do it. Uh, Calvin Ridley is obviously the future of that Atlanta offense, and then the first-round pick helps kind of cap it off. I think that's more than a fair value for, for Julio Jones, who, again, I think has probably only got a year or two of elite wide receiver left in him, and I do think he'll end up retiring early. Um. You know, so I I would definitely do that for your team and the specifics we talked about. Um, For me, like I said, I'm always worried about trading trading studs for draft picks because you never know what you're going to get. But when you're zero and three, bud uh it's time to shake it up a little bit Calvin Ridley's gonna probably be a a low-end wide receiver two high-end wide receiver three this year and then you add in that first round pick next year you know even though it's probably gonna be a back of the round thing you're still gonna at least at worst end up with two first round picks maybe you make a trade for a stud guy later I've done that before taking two first round picks and gotten like a Joe Mixon out of it you don't have to draft players a lot of people value picks higher than others so I'll, I'll, I'll always take uh, first-round picks for studs if I can get them, if I'm, if I'm doing bad, if I'm 0-1-3, like you said in your email. Uh, so definitely do that trade, bud. All right, I've got uh, two more questions that uh, I'm going to address today. So next up, I've got a question from Mika uh, underscore Rage22 from at yahoo.com. He asked me what my value is on Tyreek Hill. So... For me, Tyreek Hill, um, I think he's a top 12 wide receiver going forward. I said that at the beginning of the year on the, the Back Row Fantasy Show, a great podcast, do really good job on IDP. So when you're not listening to this, guys, if you want to get some great IDP knowledge, check those guys out. They know what they're talking about. Um, but for me, I personally would not trade Tyreek Hill unless you're getting an absolute stud back. Um, because I value him as a top 12 wide receiver going forward, especially with Patrick Mahomes. I know we're only three weeks into the season, but those two have just been lining up. They clearly have a good connection with each other, and Tyreek Hill's just a freak athlete. I know he's not huge, but he's got that speed. You can't teach speed. Uh, so for me, my value on him is you've got to get an absolute steal of a package back. Um, For me to even think about moving him, or if you're thinking about offering something for him, I mean, I would realistically think if you can trade any kind of draft picks in this league, uh, you didn't specify it was a redraft or dynasty, so I'm sorry about that. I should have followed up, and I didn't think about that till just now. Um, you know, if it's a if it's a dynasty league, depending on if you can trade multiple years first round picks, just one first round pick. If you can trade multiple first round picks, I would think it's going to take multiple first and a player. If you can only do one first round pick, I would think you've got to throw in a, a, a high end player and and a first round pick. And then the last question I have here is from Ashley on Twitter at Ten Piece Nugget: Would you trade? DT, um uh, which I'm assuming is Demarius Thomas and Nelson Aguilar for Chris Hogan and Matt Breda in a Dynasty League. I would not. Um and here's why. Demarius Thomas does scare me a little bit. I'm not sure he's going to last much longer in Denver after this year. As I've talked about before, him and Emmanuel Sanders could both be cut and save Denver a lot of money. While I don't expect them to cut both of them, I imagine one's going to be gone. And the connection that Sanders seems to be having with Case Keenum, I would think it's going to be Demarius Thomas. So he may be looking for a new team next year, but if he ends up with the New England Patriots, that's not a bad thing, guys. Uh, So... With DT Aguilar, uh, he showed last year what he could be with Carson Wentz. I know it's only been one year, but he finishes the wide receiver too. With Wentz there, I think that is could continue to be his his floor, um, or really, realistically, his ceiling and his floor. I don't expect him to be much better than that, but I don't see him going worse than that as long as Wentz is in the lineup. I don't like Chris Hogan. I don't think he's particularly good. Um, I do think he has a chance to shine some this year if Josh Gordon gets on the field. Uh, that's absolutely a possibility. Uh, but Matt Breida, I just this year Matt Breida is going to be good, sure. But when Jarek McKinnon comes back, he he's likely going to be relegated back to the role that he had, which was almost nothing at least in preseason. Um, so, you know, it, I guess if you're, if you're, you didn't specify your, if you're the Jarek McKinnon owner, uh, if you're the Jarek McKinnon owner and you're trying to get Breida, I realistically still wouldn't do it. I'd see maybe if you could do one of those guys for Brita straight up, although chances are they probably wouldn't do that. But if they would, I would definitely do that. Otherwise, no, I would steer clear of this, Ashley. Don't, don't do this trade. Um, You know, hopefully you haven't done it before. I know you sent this to me yesterday and I didn't get a chance to reply back to you. Hopefully, if you're listening today, uh, you haven't done the trade. I would avoid that altogether. So, all right, guys, that is going to do it for tonight's podcast Uh Sorry I didn't have all the, the drops and fun in this one. I was trying to make it a little bit quicker, although it didn't really seem to go quick. Uh, just because I've still got a lot of stuff i got to take care of after what happened yesterday. And I appreciate everybody who reached out to me and, and made sure that I was okay. It meant a lot. Uh, all the messages on Twitter, the comments on my post. I, I really appreciate it, guys. Um, and hopefully, you know tomorrow's will definitely be a longer podcast because we'll break down all of sunday's games and then going forward we'll get back to these you know 45 minute hour long ones although this one is almost at 45 minutes as we're speaking uh you know and then uh, unfortunately i will be going on vacation soon um i'm really not sure what i'm gonna do podcast wise while i'm gone uh there was talk with a couple of guys on FLA that they were going to try and and throw some stuff out that week um I'll, I'll try and get you guys some more definitive information before it happens obviously worst comes to worst, I will do my best to get a couple out throughout the week they may not be long ones like usual maybe 20-30 minutes at most because um you know, I will be, I, I will be in Disney uh, and just trying to spend some time with uh, my wife, my kids, and my family, uh, and, and I would really like to enjoy my time with them. Although it will be hard not to do anything fantasy football wise while I'm there. So, you know, I, once we get closer to that, which is, uh, I'll actually be leaving next Friday. Once that, once we get closer to that, I'll kind of give you guys a better update on what to expect. I, I really don't want to leave you guys without any kind. Uh, of content for a whole week. Uh, so likely John will throw some stuff out there. I will. But, you know, we'll talk more about that probably Thursday or Friday next week because I'll, I'll still have one out Friday even though I'm leaving next Friday. So, again, thanks, guys, for listening. Uh, if you guys haven't, please subscribe to me on iTunes or Spotify um, just because the downloads and subscribers subscribers help us out. We hit a huge high last week with 500 downloads, which was just Awesome. I can't explain how much that meant to me when I read that email this morning. I have 500 downloads last week, guys. That's that's awesome. You know, it, I I mean, really, it made it made my day to read that. Uh, I thank you guys so much for listening to this, uh, reaching out. Hope you guys are still enjoying this. Enjoy the content. Um, you know, hope you guys. If you have anybody playing tonight, I hope they go off and give you an early great look at your uh, your week three as we are going into our bye weeks, guys. Remember, bye weeks. Panthers in Washington, that's huge. Chris Thompson, Christian McCaffrey, Alex Smith, you know, really, that's it for both Devin Funches, I guess you could say, Cam Newton, you know, all big studs for, for our teams are going to be off this week, so hopefully you have that depth built in, but, uh, We'll talk more about that tomorrow on Friday's podcast. Hope you guys enjoy the game tonight. And until next next week, my bad, <laughs> until tomorrow, I'll talk to you guys later. Peace. Thank you again for listening to the Fantasy Roundtable podcast. Check us out on Twitter, FLA blog on Medium, and come back tomorrow for a brand new episode. Have a great day, guys.